Hello, my name is Zwagele and um, you're listening to me. I hope, if you're listening to this, I hope that you're warm and um, I hope that you're healthy as well. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm saying that because, you know, just last week I was saying that uh, there's no point in hoping if, you know, something has taken place. But I'm, I'm trying to be polite, you know, even if you're not healthy, I just get better. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely warm. Uh, I'm in my bed once again uh, on the left side of the bed. Uh, right by the edge. I've got to tell you, I've discovered something that is uh, a game changer in this winter for me. And that is, believe it or not, the hot water bottle. You know, because I remember in high school, you know, I remember in high school, girls would always have, you know, hot water bottles. And uh, I just always felt like it's a, it's a woman thing, you know. It's a, you know, a woman thing and usually it's going to have that fluffy cover with all those pink purple uh, feminine kind of colors um, until I thought why not let me just buy it and then that was what that was a long time ago um, and I, I remember the, like that have those things on their laps you know during class uh and uh, it just never occurred to me to buy it at the time. And I suppose, you know, you know, it's one of those things, like when you're a guy, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to be seen with, there's certain things that you just don't want to be seen doing in public if you're, if you're a guy. Um, I guess, you know, that was one of those things for me as well. Fast forward uh, eight years later, 2020. Uh, I can't believe it's been eight years as since I matriculated. Eight years, yeah, I know time flies. Because I remember, I mean, there are certain things that happened in matric and what happened in, in fact, not even in matric, grade 11, 10, 9 that I remember like it was yesterday, including the hot water bottles. So yeah, man, I, I decided a few weeks ago, let me just buy one. Um, and I bought one, uh, and it's just been lying in my, you know, it's one of those things. I just took it out of the plastic and I just threw it somewhere. I'd even forgotten that it's there until a few days ago where I, I decided, hey, let me just try this thing out, you know, and see, uh, and see what the hype was all about, you know, back in high school. And, uh, yeah, man, so for the past two days or so, I've been sleeping with the thing, and it keeps my feet warm the whole night. You know, I just, you know, I just pour, uh, pour in like uh, the, the hot water. And then, then I shove it there just by my feet at the end of the, you know, at the edge of the bed. And it keeps my feet so warm. 
It's amazing. It feels like I've just discovered, I don't know, it felt like I just stumbled on a, a gold mine. So for all the fellas that are listening to this, hey man, the hot water bottle is the business, man. Trust me. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely warm. But, uh, you know, uh, there's just so much going on in our communities, in our country, around the world, and gee, uh, that's, you know, definitely not making my heart warm. And, you know, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest ill uh, is gender-based violence. You know, uh, I think for the past few weeks, you know, it's been making uh, it's just headlines. It's been trending on on social media, uh, and it seems like now it has just become the status quo. You know, that's the one thing that just trends. That's consist. That's that trends consistently, uh, even outside its season. Because you'll remember that not long ago there were the 16 days of activism against you know for violence against uh women and children of course at the hands of uh men and you know that was the one time where you know we thought about you know gender based violence and we um before social media was even a thing you know in fact even with the advent of social media i mean it was just still something that we just brushed under the carpet it wasn't something that was taken seriously but now you know the past couple of years there have been so many cases so many different diverse cases of the same sickness which is you know gender-based violence there's so many women it's a whole list of women that have died you know that have cases that have made headlines of women dying at the hands of men and you know you would think that maybe it was some sort of serial killer you know that targets women but no uh more often than not it's a man that is very close to that that woman's family young women are dying man you know my young women my age even younger women in their 20s teenagers they're being killed and they're being killed by their boyfriends so you know uh when i was thinking about it it made me wonder whether this is is this something that's always been happening or has it been always been happening because when i was growing up as, as a kid of course you know i'd read on the newspaper that some some man some police man or you know, he killed himself and killed his entire family killed his wife and his kids uh you know and that's except for a case here and there uh it just didn't seem like something that um that's very prevalent this gender based violence and this, the killing and the, the abuse of women it just didn't seem like something that happened but i mean clearly uh, it's happening and the culprits the people who are guilty uh, the abusers the killers the murderers are men you know as well and you think that maybe it's going to be that some old weird guy but no 
there's some guys who are my age and even younger who kill their girlfriends. Uh, I remember the case, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago, of Karabo. The guy was young. He was probably 22, 23. The guy who who burned his then-girlfriend. Young guy. You know, and all of these cases that we keep on hearing about on social media, it's young men, you know, who fall under the youth category in South Africa. Uh, you know, if you're under the age of 35, you are youth. That's where, you, you know, in South Africa. And if you look at the pictures of these boyfriends who killed, uh, of, the, of these men who killed their the girlfriends, it's just young guys, you know, and that's old guys as well. But I think that it just, it's, it scares me more to know that these are young guys, you know, some guys that I probably grew up with, or I grew up, we grew up, uh, at the same time, we were listening to the same music, you know, we are exposed to the same culture, we're in the same generation. You know, and uh, yo man, it's it's really something that we need to talk about. You know, we need to talk about because a lot of families, a lot of families have lost their daughters. A lot of families have lost their daughters. Like innocent children have died. You know, because I always imagine, like imagine, you know, you get a call your mom breaks down, you know, after receiving this phone call, you wonder why, and only to discover that your sister, who's 21 years old, has been killed by her boyfriend. Your daughter was killed by her boyfriend. Your your niece, your cousin, your sister, your friend was killed by... Killed! Murdered, killed... Life is over. Not slept or killed by the boyfriend. You know, and and these are things that are happening, you know, clearly. And clearly it's been happening for a long time. But now because the social media, uh, social media has just put a magnifying glass on, uh, or rather has put a mirror on it. We actually see it now, you know. And people are still doing it, you know, because you think that uh, with social media, with pictures, with, uh, you know, everything being recorded and being posted on social media, you'd think that people would watch, you know, would watch themselves and watch uh, how they move. You know, criminals would uh, would uh, 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 try to keep things inconspicuous. But no, people are still going on like they are not seen you know people in our communities boys that you know a boy that you know and women and families you know families that we we know of our friends we are losing our friends our sisters they're dying you know for, for no good reason and um
and you know we, 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 we what's sad about this is that we're just helpless you see we're helpless because um you know i was having a chat with my friend as well just about this and you and you know this thing you know when it's trending on social media and you know the all these activists and you know women who are crying publicly you know and all these posts that you usually follow and one of them says that uh it's funny that every woman knows a girl who was raped but no man knows a rapist every girl knows another girl who was raped but no boy knows another boy who is a rapist and we were talking about it and you know uh and when we discussed that statement we realized that it's kind it's not entirely uh you know i mean we understand where it's coming from in terms of uh you know what's happening but if we really analyze that statement from our perspective just me and him and from with our close circle of friends the statement is you know not it doesn't entirely you know uh hit the nail on its head you know because personally i don't know any guy who's a rapist you know I, I may know someone who who is a rapist but i, I don't know I'm, I'm not aware of anyone who who i know has raped or who i know uh is has been uh suspected of rape or has been suspected of uh assault assaulting a woman or has been suspected or i know for sure that he he has um uh, uh sexually assaulted a woman or assaulted or physically hurt or abused or raped a woman i don't know anyone honestly and my friend that i was talking to he was telling me the same thing that he also doesn't know anyone i mean i honestly don't know anyone like hand to god i don't know anyone who who uh is a rapist because no rapist is going to um admit to having raped you know in fact I've, i've never i've never heard of that case where uh some guy was accused of rape and he actually admitted that i uh, no, i'm sorry i did rape it's, it just never happens they all deny it guilty innocent they all deny it so it makes so it makes sense then that most guys or most men would not know uh some other man who who who's a rapist or who is an abuser unless that's what they do vele in that circle of friends they are abusers they are rapists they are sexual assaulters if that's even a word so that's why uh it goes back to what i was saying that we are helpless you know we think about it we discuss it i'm now i was discussing it with my friends in our whatsapp group discussing the whole gender based violence you know problem that we're facing that what can we do as guys as you know the, the as men you know what what can we do because i mean the first thing that we usually encourage to do is to is to call out our friends on their behavior but i mean like i've just said if my friends i don't know any one of them 
who uh, who is believed to be an abuser, then what's there to call out? You know, when we all agree in my circle that um, that abuse is wrong, rape is wrong, it has to end, it has to stop. What can we do? You know, we we are helpless because. Because women are not safe, man. And, you know, it's... it's probably, I'm probably the, the, a millionth person to say this in the space of a week. But... Uh, women are not safe at all. Even, you know, even my own sister was telling me today when we were talking about it. She was telling me that when she jogs in the morning, uh, whenever she sees some man that she doesn't know, in fact, whenever she sees a man, she she will find a way to avoid that route or she'll just turn back. You know, that when she's in a supermarket and walking in an aisle where there's, it's, it's a man or there's two men, she's going to avoid that aisle until, um, until that aisle is cleared off those men or until the men clear that aisle. If the ratio to men of men to women is, is is very high, then she's going to avoid that place because of not feeling safe. Uh, and she even told me that uh, she even she doesn't even do now the the public toilets in the malls and stuff like that. She doesn't use them because because of the danger that is associated with that. Because of the stories and the testimonies of women who've been followed by men to those toilets and have been raped or sexually assaulted or abducted in those public toilets. Public toilets. And that just makes you realize how unsafe it is for women. It's unsafe for them to jog in the streets. I mean, you know, the latest trend now in is that some men are going to pose as, as joggers. So they're going to put on all the jogging gear or the gym gear and they're going to jog just so they can uh, abduct women easier. Because a woman is going to see some guy jogging and think, oh, it's just, uh, it's just another comrade in, uh, in this weight loss journey. But no, it's a guy who's trying to abduct her. So the, 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 these men, these abusers, they're always evolving in how they do things, in how they commit these crimes and how they violate women. And there's not, there's not a single place that's safe for women now, for girls. There's not a single space that's safe. Outside when they're jogging, not safe. I've just explained that. Um, church is not safe for women. You'll remember the trial by this pastor from Durban, uh, Omodoso. Pastor Omodoso. He just looks evil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, and, you know, the, the, I don't know if the case is still going on, but, uh, you know, they were, go, they were in and out going to try, he was being tried for, for rape, you know, amongst 97 charges, other charges, corruption and whatever, whatever else. But rape was the biggest one, was the, was the one that was, uh, uh, was more prominent than, you know, the others. And, the victim was Cheryl Zondi. I think most people will be familiar with the story. Cheryl Zondi, who who says that she was 
she 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 she, she was groomed and she was raped by pastor omodoso 62 year old 60 year old pastor now from the time cheryl zondi was 14 years old she was raped so 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 the, so and there are many other stories where senior officials in in various churches uh have been found guilty of rape found guilty of sexual assault found guilty of grooming so uh, because uh they are occupying a position of power they're occupying a position of power so that it's easy to influence young girls i mean if you're a pastor and you're respected and you are uh admired uh, by your congregation and because they put you on a pedestal you know figuratively and literally you are on a pedestal as a, as a pastor you can do no wrong you know in the eyes of your congregation because you are the man of god even pastor omot also there were members of the congregation outside the court uh who were marching and proclaiming his innocence just because they they thought i know he's a pastor and this girl doesn't know what she's talking about Cheryl Zondi. So even in church, I mean, I mean, church is the one place in the world where you would expect to be safest. As you know, I can as I, I can imagine as a believer. That's the one place that is your sanctuary. It is safe. Nothing can happen to you in church. Your spiritual home. your pastor or your priest is the last person in the world you would expect to violate you to rape you as you know as 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 a member of the church regardless of your gender or your age let alone a 14 year old girl 14 year 14 years old you know she was when she when the pastor started uh uh uh, uh you know allegedly of course raping her church is not safe school is not safe you know in boxburg you know, a couple of years ago some principal in boxburg was found was found guilty of a statutory rape you know there were pictures and videos that were shared all over social media of 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 him with pictures of the the, the pupils of the school female you know the female girls teenagers 15 16 14 17 you know he had pictures of girls in their underwear that he took in uh in the principal's office you know he was the principal of the school at the time is it i think it's rechia park or rechia park which is in the east rand uh, close to boxburg somewhere principal of the school was Uh, 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 was having sex with the pupils of the school he was raping them because it's statutory rape because an infant uh, a minor cannot um cannot give consent we all know that again a man who's in a position of power taking advantage of his power and using uh, uh, his influence and using his power to uh, to violate girls a man school you send your child to school 
your child is looking cute you've done her hair she's you know packed you packed her lunchbox send her to school only for her to be violated by the principal of the school and there's so many stories man of 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 male teachers who uh who take advantage of the girls take advantage of these uh of these young girls in schools there's so many examples and some of these some of these girls actually fall pregnant and they're impregnated by the these teachers then you know some people try to justify it and say i know but these girls should know better i mean when i was 14 years old i knew that what what yeah 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 no a man is in a position of power is abusing his power is grooming the child so that even if the child a 15 year old a 14 year old is uh uh uh, 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 uh does give consent or is willing or is happy to partake to partake in whatever sexual activity she's doing uh, uh, uh or that that principal or that teacher is asking her to do she's a child she cannot give consent it's shameful you know what these teachers are doing i think that teacher resigned from the work i, I don't know whether he was eventually um uh he was eventually convicted of that crime i don't know so school is not safe church is not safe jogging is not safe even restaurants are not safe for women 2018 uh you remember the the case i think it it was dubbed the dross rapist nicholas i think an 18 year, year, year old boy i think nicholas nino was the name i forgot the name but it's nicholas something a seven-year-old girl was going to the bathroom in a restaurant. Seven-year-old was going to the bathroom in a restaurant, uh, and and of course you will know that uh, in in restaurants, even if you even if it's a fast food uh, restaurant, even if K, even if it's KFC, if you go to the bathroom, there's one door that goes into it, and then once you you get into that door, then there are two doors: the female one that leads to the female bathroom and the other that leads to the male bathroom and the seven, a seven year old girl seven years old was uh was was going to uh probably i don't know probably pee or something in the in the bathroom she was she was having lunch with her family and she was raped by an 18 year old boy who was using the bathroom as well a public restaurant during the day like you, you know like a public restaurant during the day you a child just goes into i mean just imagine i mean you, there's so many of these restaurants where there are those child play areas where the kids they slide down the that sliding toy thing and they play with other kids there the whole time while the adults are having lunch and just having a, a great time you don't know maybe the the kid was was coming from from there just to uh do whatever she needed to do in the bathroom and just go back and she was raped raped it's 
I, I mean, just, just, I mean, that, how do you even, how do you even explain that? That, I mean, how do you even explain that? So public toilets are not safe. I don't, I understand when my sister says she's not, uh, she, she's not using these bathrooms in the malls. When a seven-year-old is not safe in a public restaurant uh, a bathroom, so you can only imagine what they can, what, what what these people are capable of. And and and, and, and look at something else. Look at the age, seven year, seven years old, fifteen year old, fourteen year old. The 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 perpetrator, sixty-two sixty-two years old, fifty-year-old something uh, principal, an eighteen-year-old uh, boy. So the public uh, re- restaurants are, are not safe. Ubers are not safe. You know, public transport is not safe for girls. I mean, how many cases have we heard of where uh, a girl was taken an Uber and Uber driver just sped off and, and, and abducted the girl, raped the girl, left the girl to, for, for dead? These, uh, what's that other? Taxify. I mean, I mean, I remember there was a point where the girls were being warned to not use Taxify because the Taxify drivers were were were, were notorious for for abducting girls and for violating them, sexually assaulting them, raping them, killing them. You know, like you, I mean, you are avoiding a taxi because you don't want to wait, and taxis are old and scruffy, and you don't want to, and you decide to pay a premium to get an e-hailing service just so you can just go directly home in comfort and then you're abducted by the man who's driving the e-hailing service i mean just to make things worse when you are uh, everything is traced there's a map you can actually trace that this was the driver who's driving this is the route they take they took and despite that, despite the, the solid evidence that could be used against this man, he still commits the crime. So e-sailing, public transport is not safe. Work is not safe. I mean, how many cases have you heard of sexual harassment? Like, sexual harassment. You know, everything in the spectrum of sexual harassment from... You know, the inappropriate rubbing of shoulders and inappropriate remarks that, that you know, men make, you know, to their female colleagues from uh, gr- grabbing and touching and, you know, to all the way to actual rape. It's happening. It happens. I mean, everyone knows. I mean, I can bet every woman knows a sexual harassment story from, I don't know, their colleagues. Again, men, you know, usually men who are in positions of power, they abuse that power and they promise these, you know, these women that they're going to, they, they, they promise them that they're going to uh, give them a helping hand in their careers for just to get their way with them sexually. So, no space is safe for women. I think I've mentioned everything. 
and I think I've mentioned every possible space in the clubs clubs are not safe where girls are having fun see that's even worse there because there's alcohol you know their drinks are spiked and then they are taken to something they, they wake up in the middle of nowhere with their with their clothes they don't know what happened to their clothes so nowhere is safe for women there's not a single place even in their own homes I can't believe I'm forgetting this one even in their own homes they're not safe girls are raped by their uncles raped by their cousins you know raped by and groomed by their own fathers in their own home where you are supposed to be safest I, I remember I said earlier that church is where you're supposed to know I was wrong. Your home, when you say I'm going home, you're going to your sanctuary. As a child, I mean, I knew the moment I, I set foot in my yard, then even if I had some trouble with some bully, the moment I set foot in my house, no one can, can do anything to me. I'm safe there. Uh, but not for girls, not for women. They are not safe. In their own homes, women, married women are abused. They're beaten by their by their husbands. It's not safe. Your hus- Imagine your own husband. Uh, you know, like, you know when you try to make sense out of it. Like your own, your husband. Husband. Your soulmate, you know, person who vowed to protect and love you through thick and thin. That person is the same person beating you up every single day. You, you, like, you know that some women, um, they would rather they, they'd rather work extra hours than to go back home because they know that they are walking into hell. There. Because of their abusive husbands. So even home is, is not safe for women. No place is safe. They can't go for a walk. They can't go for a drink without being harassed. They can't go to work without being harassed. Go to church without being harassed. They cannot order an Uber without being harassed. Everywhere is a danger zone. And you know. You like it's that's no way to live, you know. Like it's no way to live when you're always looking over your shoulder. It's it's almost like, you know how how men we say our worst fear is going to prison because of the horrific things that happen in prison. We're raped. Men are raped. In prison. I mean, first personally, I have to be honest. Um, I'm afraid of going to to jail. Because I know that you know you can get raped there in jail. Like you can't. They always say you sleep with one eye open because anything can happen. Any minute, any second, anyone can attack you. There are numbers. You have to belong to a number. You have to. You know what I'm saying? You're not safe. No one can declare that I'm safe in jail, especially as as a young person, newbie in jail. And, you know, the life, the, the, the fear that we have when we think about jail 
it's the same fear that women have, J, in when they're just living, J. You know, in their everyday lives when they're supposedly free. And that's just no way to live. You know, you, you know, you would think that some women would be exempt from from being abused because of their age. Recently, a few days ago, we learned about a three-month-year-old. Did I just say three-month-year-old? A baby that is three months. Three months is so young that I'm 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 unable to even express it in terms of age. That's why I even said three month three month old year old. Because that's how young you are. You've only been alive for ninety days. You've been breathing for only ninety days. Girl was raped. You know. Girl was raped by a man. Three months like. Three month year old, three month, ninety days. I can tell you exactly what I was doing ninety days ago before the child was 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 in this earth, raped. The girl was raped. You know, and um, th- then you wonder. I mean, I think the natural thing when we're discussing this is to. Think of solutions. And before you come up with a solution, then you need to get to the heart of the problem, the root of the problem. You know, and that's where, again, I go back to where, to that place where I said, we're, we're helpless because we don't, we don't know precisely what causes this gender-based violence. We don't know precisely. We all have our own theories. Uh, you know the biggest one, which which I also uh, you know think is a big part of the is is, is a big contributor to the scourge of um, of gender based violence, raping, killing, abusing of women, is masculinity. Masculinity. Masculinity is the biggest cause. In my opinion, masculinity is the biggest cause of this whole uh, problem that we're facing. I mean, that's why it's called gender-based. Because it is based on gender. It's, it's men who are violating, abusing, killing, beating, striking, assaulting, harassing women. Men are doing that to women. Boys are doing it to girls. Teenage boys are doing it to teenage, um, to teenage girls. And the problem is masculinity. And what? what okay, masculinity. We all know it's masculinity is just basically behaviors or any beliefs that make us feel like we are men. Anything you know, if if there's a belief or there's some sort of behavior that makes me feel like I'm a man, that reinforces my manliness. That's what masculinity is, and we know 
or we've learned that there you know toxic masculinity prevails so you think about it i mean if you just think about masculinity or or anything that um you know makes men feel like they're men in general of course this not this obviously doesn't apply to every single man in the world uh violence is, is the biggest part of it violence is the biggest part of of being a man if you think about it that's what we're taught um from from the moment we were boys violence is something that's been encouraged it's something uh that has been inculcated in our in in the way that we respond to the world violence has been uh, 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 something that's just been instilled in us think about it I mean from when we were boys me you know I grew up as a boy you had to 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 be able to fight if you couldn't fight then you were in trouble you know you you had to be able to fight to defend yourself because there were bullies you know the other boys who would take your lunch if i mean if you couldn't fight or you, you couldn't stand up for yourself and, fa- and stand up for yourself and by standing up for yourself i mean punch someone in the face or slap someone or slam someone on the floor then you are going to be bullied and you're going to be taken advantage of by the other boys it was just there was violence was just part of it even back in the day you know uh when before and all the colonization and things like that you know when boys were growing up fighting was encouraged you know it was a measure of manlyhood fighting stick fighting you know when when boys were were herding cattle back in the day uh young boys, small boys you know not grown men or teenagers i'm talking to- about small boys they were encouraged to to test each other's strength you know and encouraged to do so using violence so whoever um whoever wins the stick fight whoever wins the fist fight that's the you know that's the guy that's the man you know that's the man amongst the the the, the boys violence think about it even like whenever you know men have a disagreement somehow it has to be ended using violence you know if if you're in a pub and, and some guy says something to you and oh and you have some sort of disagreement and and it escalates then let's take it outside let's solve these let's let's take this outside man and, and just solve it like a real man and what does that mean it means <laughs> let's fight let's fist fight and whoever knocks the, the other one out then that's the guy who i don't know apparently wins if you look at the um, look at the sports that we love boxing wrestling uh ufc fighting rugby rugby is a very violent sport you know like it's violent people kick each other and, and pull each other and grab each other by the nuts violence man you know it's something that's just been encouraged uh from when we are boys
you know whenever someone disrespects you or says says something uh you know say something cheeky to you you know what do you say to the person who said i'm like that's you know that's what uh like that was common that was just normal to to hear that in primary school when i was growing up uh so violence has just has just always been um has always been uh associated very closely with being a man back in the day colonization all the men i mean back in the day shaga zulu and you know th- those days with all those big wars the anglo boer war the, the the anglo zulu war the battle of isandlwana you remember back in those days as a man as a boy once you become a teenager then you they they groomed you to become a soldier to become a fighter because that's what uh you had to earn your stripes and become a fighter become a uh, 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 a warrior you know the greatest warrior was the was the real man so you had to fight kill again you know violence if you think about it violence is, is the biggest part of it world war 1 world war 2 uh, the vietnam war all the men young men have to be uh, uh uh taken in join the military to fight and kill the other group violence yeah violence again violence and and if the group that wins those are the men they are hailed and they are held in high esteem and they are praised all the women want the 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 guy who who uh, I mean I remember watching a Mike Tyson interview and the girls they loved Mike Tyson and remember Mike Tyson was an animal back in the in the late 80s early 90s uh he was killing everyone in the first 3 4 rounds in a 10 round or 15 round match Mike Tyson would knock out his opponent in less than 5 rounds that was you know that was the norm and he was praised for that for being a man you know so masculinity and viol- so violence has always been very closely associated with uh masculinity even back in the i mean i was reading I was reading uh, something about masculinity in South Africa yesterday. Um and you know they were talking about violence again, you know that's why I keep on emphasizing it. They were saying that um men, both black and white men, were encouraged to be violent. If you white men were violent because they wanted to protect what they have, so they had to use violence, they had to use force to mark their territory and to let black people know that hey baba this wealth is ours this country is ours we're going to use force violence for you guys to remember that that's why they used the german shepherds to that's why they 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 killed kids there in 1976 youth day that's why there was a sharpville massacre that's why they were using they were encouraged it was it was honorable to be a, a policeman back in those days 
a white policeman because you you are a man because you are protecting our white wealth and then you look at the other side in the black community Soweto in the townships in the you know the uprising force actually was also encouraged you know violence was 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 the answer i mean if the marches were not working these white people are not hearing our cries and our and our uh, uh, concerns then we turn to violence mkonto wesizwe was formed the, then there was you know then there was bloodshed because uh, for you to earn your stripes as a comrade you needed to display some kind of violence you needed you needed to enroll into Mkonto Isizwe. You know, that's why there are war veterans. You know, if you are a veteran, you are uh, 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 you are respected, you know. They wear that, you know, as a badge of honor because they fought. They literally fought, fought and they killed if, if uh, 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 it called for it. So even when it's clearly wrong, in America, you know, under the... the, 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 the Bush administration and Baron people they went to Vietnam and they went to all these countries in the Middle East and they killed little children these men they killed small kids you know because that was their job in the military to kill women kids everything with killing because I'm in the force and I've been uh, I've been given the, the go ahead by my general. I'm gonna pull the trigger. I'm gonna kill these kill these kids, blow them up. You know, I'm, and I'm doing it for my country. When I go back to my country, they they I'm because I mean the, the, all these guys who served in the military in the U, in the United States they are respected. Sometimes they'll go into a restaurant. And once the, the, the chef or once the rest the restaurant owner finds out that the man was uh, served in the military, ooh, they could even get a free meal. They, they are, that's how much they're respected. But when you think about it, what were they doing? They were killing kids. So the violence was morally uh, acceptable. You know, the thing I was reading, it was a really it was an eye opener for me. So that's I'm, I'm so I'm trying to read more about just masculinity, particularly masculinity in South Africa. And I found violence when you think about it, it's a big part of it. And we know that uh, a big another part of masculinity is uh, for, for 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 men. We are encouraged to suppress our emotion. In that I call you. If you were like, if if you were a child and you were crying, if you were a boy child and you were crying, that's what they'll tell you. Hey, you know, men doesn't cry. You know, a man doesn't cry. So, so we're told. So all these uh, so-called weak emotions, like fear, nervousness, anxiety, sadness. pain we are told that we need to suppress those emotions we need to hide them they need to be hidden because you are a man 
crying is for girls. Men up. You know, so all of those things, when you think about them, it's toxic masculinity. Because, okay, and these, and of course, the list goes on and on and on. But when you look at these two, violence and emotional suppression, those that combination is a very dangerous combination, which I think uh, plays a big role in what we are seeing in the abuse. Because if you are afraid, before I even get there, uh, remember that a, a part of masculinity as well is as a man you you are supposed to be the provider right you're supposed to earn big money uh, and be able to make things happen man financially for your for your woman for your family for you to be considered a man all the dudes who are unemployed they know the pain of of being othered the pain of being ostracized because he's unemployed he doesn't have an income therefore what he says what his opinion doesn't does it just doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter because you don't you're not bringing anything to the family but the guy that we're going to listen to is the doctor see the doctor who's making big money there in Joburg. that's the guy you know that's the guy we need him that who's a doctor you know you're providing is a, is a big part of I mean that's why even even with me as well I mean that's why you know that's why I'm single as well because you know still trying to you know get my money right you know therefore then I can think about dating and things like that personally I mean I, I, I you know so so the debate though about masculinity is is it is it is it an instinct is it innate is it an instinct to feel the way men feel or is it social is it social conditioning or are we socialized in other words are we taught are we taught to fight or are we, or is it just a natural inclination we have as men to be competitive to want to you know, so the, so there are two schools of thought when it comes to that. Some, you know, there's a crew, or there's, there's there are people who believe that, um, mostly men who believe that no, a man being a man is it's natural. I can't help it. I can't help but feel this way. I can't help but feel the need to beat the, this person up or feel the need to uh, be the way I am. It's just natural. I didn't choose it. And then, you know, there's a different camp that uh, believes or that contends that, uh, you know, men are the way they are because they've been socialized to be the way they are. They've been taught by culture, our culture, our social environment, our religion as well. I mean, if you think about these two, think about culture and religion, to a very large extent, they enforce um they enforce mas- you know, masculinity the that undesirable or you know so-called toxic masculinity because uh you know the man has to be the head of the house 
man has to be the head of the house you know that's what culture is just across the world i mean not just black culture because you know that's the first thing that people think about when you mention the word culture they think black and you know no but just cultures yeah across the world uh the man is the man of the house yeah the woman has no say what this man says it goes either my way or the highway and and that's just the way it is you know and that's that's what we're taught in, in in various cultures across the world that's you know it's a woman's job to clean and cook and do what and the man's job is to uh like boys i remember even Julius Malema said that in an interview she said he said that he grew up in a household where there were many girls so he doesn't know how to cook i don't know maybe he's learned in his adult stage i don't know but he said that he's not domesticated it doesn't learn, he doesn't know how to cook because he grew up in a in a household where girls it was girls job to cook and all he did was eat leave the plate in the sink or in whatever wherever the girls are going to clean the plate the girls are going to cook the girls are going to dish up when it's time he eats he's done he leaves you know that's how he grew up you know and that's culture and you no one can deny that it's culture that that reinforces those kinds of beliefs i mean even if you go to just go to any wedding i mean i've only ever been to black weddings uh, i don't know how it, it goes in um i don't know how it goes in you know other races and other ethnicities but even the songs if you just think about, yeah, about that song, I mean, it's the song is basically saying that I know we've got ourselves an, a, a servant now who's going to wash for us, cook for us. You know, if you think about uh, the practice of Okotiza, you know, as the new wife, as the new Makot, you have to go to the groom's big home there in the rurals and you have to wake up early in the morning and clean for everyone, wash clothes for everyone, cook, etc., etc., etc. So all of those practices, and, and I'm not condemning them, I'm just observing out loud, all of those practices and more, you know, if you think about the advice that is offered to Makoti by by the aunts and by the by everyone, that you know, in Dotiashoni, you have to respect your man. You know, you have to be, uh, you have to submit to your man. You know, you have to be obedient. Listen to him because he's the head of the house. He determines the direction. He's the decision maker. Even if you earn three times more than he does. Who cares? You need to listen to him. And, and you know, that's just culture. And I mean, I know I'm leaving a lot of a lot, a lot of uh, other aspects of it as well that uh, that reinforce the same kind of thinking and the same kind of behavior. 
religion and not just Christianity because I know when I say religion you know people I think I mean you know Christian no religions across the um, across the world they do they also endorse uh, and advocate for male domination and the subservience of women they do don't try to don't deny it someone someone is listening to this and is denying it and saying i know but no but you know you're missing the concept no there's no context it's in the whole the all the books the 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 books that that, that the, the, the the bible the quran and all of them it's there in fact if even if you put the book aside just go to your church and look at the leadership in your church it's going to be a man most definitely the bishops man even if you watch those religious shows in the in the one gospel all the priests all of them not most all of them except maybe well I guess most of them but I mean I remember this this one uh, white woman who's a preacher but even she is the wife of the main preacher so the, the, the furthest you can go as a woman uh, in ministry is to be mamfundis the real the real people that the congregation is there for is the husband the priest the bishop the father if you, you the father if you go to in the catholic church you the pope has never been a female pope and it's not about to happen we all know that so so when you think about it religion and culture they also play a role a big role in reinforcing these uh this masculinity that is undesirable i don't know if maybe i can go for toxic but definitely harmful uh masculinity they do you have to be a provider as a man if you're not a provider you're you have to have the final say you know you have to you know that being a provider like it makes you that you are a man you know uh, being a being promiscuous ah uh, well that you have, every man has to have a hit list Donna, I know Donna, I remember I had you know you know this that and that my hit list I remember even Nick Cannon you know there's a celebrity his name is Nick Cannon Cannon in uh, in the US popular guy uh, he's done well for himself in uh, his uh, media career businessman as well he was being interviewed. He was married to Mariah Carey at the time. And he was he was interviewed by some other radio guy, Sway. Sway, who's also uh I mean I shouldn't say another radio guy. Uh 
I just meant like, you know, another comrade in uh, the entertainment radio space, Sway. Sway. So Sway was interviewing Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon at the time was married to Mariah Carey. So, I don't know. I'm lying. I'm lying. It wasn't Sway. It was Big Boy. Big Boy TV. Big Boy was the radio personality who was interviewing Nick Cannon. And he was asking Nick Cannon, hey, Nick, if you're comfortable, man, to, to you know, because, uh, you know, people have always been curious. I mean, who, like, like who are the hottest girls you've slept with in Hollywood? And Nick casually, he casually just named, you know, dropped the names, Kim Kardashian. Uh, uh, who's this other hot chick? Uh... You know how frustrating it is when you can see the mental picture of the person, but the name is just... Christina Millian was one of them. Nicole, whatever, some famous models. He named, like, Nick Cannon, who was a married man, married to Mariah Carey. He just casually named five uh, other celebrities that he's slept with. Casually. The video is on YouTube. It was years ago before, and you know, they, I think a few years after that, they divorced. I don't know what the reason is or if maybe that had anything to do with it, but he just had to because there's something that he's going to get praise from. He's going to get praise from uh, men, other men, because of having slept with all those women. But then when you think about it, it's disrespectful, man, you know, to... To just name, imagine you imagine you are with your wife watching TV and some other guy says he slept with your wife on, on national TV. Imagine how that would make you feel. Dispre- disrespectful to all those women he named. Uh, also to his own marriage. But because it made him feel like a man. You know, that hit list. And also, you know, I have to say, I mean, it was nothing but hot women that the uh, you know that he named there. Hot women only, tens only. You know. Uh, so you have to be uh, you know some some type of womanizer. You know, uh, the women have to bow down to you. They have to. Uh, you know, if you if if, if you're married. Your woman has to has to submit to you, you know, to make you feel like a man. Respect, submit to you. So now, if any of these things that I, I've I've done, I mean I've mentioned, if the woman doesn't comply, then it goes back to what I was saying earlier about violence and emotional suppression. If a woman uh, does something that makes the man feel, if a woman gets a promotion and she now earns three times what the man makes, which in, in other words means that he's no longer the provider, he's no longer a breadwinner. Meaning that he's no longer a man. Well, according to what he understands to be his masculinity. He feels like, no. 
my wife is now earning three times what I'm earning means I'm no longer the man in the house because the man in the house is the provider and I'm no longer the provider if when this is the case. And then he, he feels he's afraid. But then remember that we said that fear is a weak emotion and he cannot express that emotion. So what does he do? He turns to the one thing that he knows is uh, he turns to an avenue that is that he believes is acceptable for him as a man, which is violence. starts become uh, becoming abusive to the wife because he feels emasculated because he's no longer the, prov- the provider you know so anything that threatens if he uh, f- for some reason you know sexual prowess is something that's also important to men it's very important to men to be, you know, uh, and they wear it with pride as well, you know. Well, guys, I'm making it sound as if <laughs> I'm making it sound as if I'm excluded from the from these men. Yeah, we it's something we wear with pride. I know, Donna. I rocked so and so boy, and I made her come ten times in in one minute. She came ten times. It was the first time she had never experienced it before. Boy, I was just, I was in there. And, 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 and the funny thing is, because women know that how much, uh, they know how much uh, it means to us to, to deliver sexually. That even when we don't deliver, they act as if we did just to uh, make us feel like men because sexual prowess is important to masculinity so if a man for some reason is unable to you know is unable to get it up or is unable to deliver for some reason comes too quick or whatever the case is and he he becomes afraid or becomes anxious or becomes sad but because he's unable to he's not allowed to cry he's he's not allowed to be vulnerable as a man then what does he do he he turns to what is um, to what he was taught as a boy which is to be aggressive to be violent She abuses the woman. If a woman cheats on on the man, woo, uh, that's a big one. If she cheats on the on the, on the man, then of course that emasculates the man because he's supposed to be. He's the only one who's allowed to to practice infidelity, not the woman. Woman is supposed to be sub, subordinate. She's supposed to be 
in the house cooking, making sure that life is the castle, uh, the castle, the castle is ready for the king. Not out there being, you know, being, uh, you know, being enjoyed by other men. How dare she does that? And of course, I mean that's ah, that's emasculating. Because I mean he's he's the only one who's allowed to cheat. And he's sad and he's angry and he's uh he's heartbroken. He's and and it's so intense. But because he's not allowed to express those emotions, he can't go to his wife who can't go to his girlfriend and say, you've broken my heart. How can you do this to me? Because, I mean, he's a man, right? He's a man. So, he can't do... But he has to do something. He has to express that emotion somehow and he expresses it through being aggressive, abusive, and possibly even killing. But, you, you know... um, for me, for, for for me, for me, I don't know, man. It's I, I I don't know where. Well, that's just my theory. Just by the way, you know. Of course, there are other reasons as well. But I, I what I was just explaining was a possible explanation and a possible. Uh, a possible explanation of the behavior of these men who abuse you know that that it has a lot to do with masculinity and feeling superior to women that uh, anything that threatens any display of independence by the woman is is a threat to his masculinity and he has to react violently but you know, for me personally, what really boggles my mind, but that I just, for the life of me, I, despite this whole explanation about masculinity and whatever, you know, the one thing that really, oh, I just cannot wrap my head around how a grown man can, can um, how you can hit your woman, man. How you can... Uh, like slap or punch your woman, your a woman you love, or any woman for that matter, because women are so soft, you know. Uh, granted, I mean, women they sure know how to provoke you, and tell you that much. They do. In fact, they even know that they know. They know exactly what to say, how to say it, when to say it. But even then, I mean, to 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 slap with a woman, just and they're so soft, and the skin is just so soft, and they're just shame. They can't even they can't even open uh, the, the 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 mayonnaise lid, and you beat that person. from not even from a moral uh, 
standpoint but just from just logical I mean it's just I don't know man. you know I, I I don't know that beats me you know no pun intended but it really it beats me how um, how men can and, and these men they kill face killing uh, uh, killing someone who's killing a burglar in your house is tough enough how do you kill a woman man just because you know uh, uh, you know how do you like take a weapon and kill a woman you know i wish i could tap into the headspace just to see where the man is in jay in their head for for, for 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 them to actually do something like that something so horrific you'd expect that from animals like the man who raped a, a three-month baby girl like how is how do you even how are you even aroused by a girl who's three months so that i mean with all the killings that are taking place remember that for, for you to, to, to kill someone. I mean, I remember last year, one of the guys who killed his girlfriend or his fiance, he wrote on Facebook. He wrote a long post, a series of posts on Facebook saying that, guys, I'm really sorry. I tried my best. I'm sorry to my family. I'm sorry to the girl's family for what I'm about to do. And he, he killed the... He killed the, the girl. Because, I don't know, the because the the girl had fallen out of love with him or she had left him you know or she had cheated or something like that and and he killed her and i don't understand it i mean like that's not to say there's any level of abuse i understand but to kill someone especially someone that you claim to love I don't know man especially someone who poses no threats to your life you're just killing them because you are angry because your pride is is, is hurt because your heart is broken that's why you're killing the, the person uh, and what, this is really you know what scares me the most is that if I decide if I have a girlfriend and I decide that I'm gonna kill her I know that I'm going to prison for it. I know that um, my life is over, basically. Whatever I've, whatever I've, I'm, I'm, whatever I've amassed in my life, whatever education I have, whatever life I've built is over. I'm, I'm done because, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, you're gonna go to jail for it. I'm probably gonna serve life in prison for, for, for that. But despite, despite the possibility of spending life in prison, I'm going to kill my girlfriend because she cheated on me. There's something wrong there, man. This, you know, because, I mean, again, the conversation I had with my friend, he made me realize that I, I should remember that, Spella, there are psychopaths that we live. We live amongst psychopaths here. Yeah? Where it, the person is, he gets off on, uh, 
the, the, like you know he was telling me that it's possible that you know you find men who who are only turned on when the woman that he's having sex with is experiencing pain or is uh, fighting it's the fighting the force that turns him on he gets off on that the fact that he had to force his way in he's not turned on if it's the woman consented and the woman wants him as well he doesn't want that he wants to fight to force his way into it to be aggressive and to be abusive you know and that's the reason that he rapes and you cannot um face you cannot write off that possibility um you can also not write off the possibility of criminals because because rape is crime and we do live amongst criminals you remember that the people who uh the people with money they have money but they still they still uh have uh they they still um what do you call it when you steal from a shop they still shoplift because it's the, they can't help themselves they just there's there's a thrill they, they they get from shoplifting and it's not like they can't afford what they are stealing they can afford it they're just criminals you know some some you know the protests in the US where they were they, they were looting there are people who don't even care about black lives matter they were just opportunistic it's just so a small window of opportunity they came in they took and they left so we cannot rule out that possibility as well when it comes to rape when it comes to sexual assault where a man sees a woman walking a man who's a criminal a man who's a psychopath sees a woman and thinks ha huh, here's an opportunity i wasn't even I, i didn't even plan on doing this today but i'm an the opportunity has presented itself here she is i'm i'm taking it i'm raping her you know because they're psychopaths they're serial killers just i mean i don't know how the mind of a serial killer or psychopath works but i can imagine if i were a serial killer uh me and as me if i were a serial killer and this is obviously hypothetical because i wouldn't kill um you know anyone but i'd probably I'd, i mean i'd want easy targets and who are easy targets it's girls the women you know So there are criminals, there are psychopaths as well and women just happen to to be just easy victims for them. It, you know, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me the same way that in prison I was men, I was talking about how as men we are so afraid of prison. In prison, I mean, you you get raped by a man who's completely straight he's completely a heterosexual 100% but he's going to rape you you know there's this famous video on youtube about this man who says that he whenever there's a new guy 
who walks into prison, he's going to call you and he's going to tell you that you are now his, you're now his bitch. And you're going to, he's going to have sex with you as a man. And then they ask him, hey, but does that make you gay then? And he says, no, it doesn't make me gay. Because he's the one doing, he's the one doing the fucking, you know. And again, because the only men, that's the only, he's a criminal, he's a psychopath, that's the only opportunity he has. So even if he's, he's straight, so sexual orientation wise, he should not even be looking at you. But because you are in you are in that community in prison and there's and I'm guessing there's no other option, then he's gonna rape you. And if you refuse, he's gonna kill you. So there are people like that on the outside as well. Psychopaths. You know? And not only does this toxic masculinity exist, but, you know, it's also perpetrated. uh, And it's also justified, see, by by men. Because the first instinct, I mean, with all these hashtags like um, men are trash, me too. The first instinct sometimes for men for, for most men is for them to absolve themselves to to declare their innocence and to say I know but mean I I didn't do it I didn't do it I mean I'm good to my family I'm good to my friends uh, so uh, please don't label us with the same uh, 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 don't give us the same label don't paint us all with the same brush it's the first instinct is to absolve themselves uh Some, some actually justify it. Some justify everything that's happening. I read a Facebook post just a few hours ago. This guy was saying that, Vele, the problem here, we, sh- we should not focus our energy on the wrong pro- problem. He said, and he wrote on Facebook, he said that the problem is not men killing women. The real problem is women who are cheating. Because if the women did not cheat, then they would not be killed by these men. That Some guy wrote that on Facebook and he actually wrote another essay in underneath that post explaining in detail what he meant by that. That no women should actually go back to our, their traditional values that were, that were taught to them by their grandpas and and their, their grandmas and their aunts that no, a man is respected. I mean, a man is the head of the household. A man should be given his place. You should not. You cannot cheat on a man, because yeah, that the, all the killing that's happening is happening because you women are cheating on the on your men. Some guy wrote that on Facebook, you know, 2020, and he seems like a young guy, and which you know, um, it's just demoralizing to see a young man who with that kind of belief and with the kind of audacity to actually 
right in publicly when women are dying left, right and center. Because I mean, you know, if a woman cheated on me, I'm like, you know, that's sad, but you know, the game doesn't have the VIP section as some girl once wrote on Twitter. You know, yeah, I mean, women, I don't know, I get they get horny too and they get tempted too. I'll leave her, obviously, but not kill her. I mean, when. So, because a person cheated on you, then their life has to end because they cheated on you. Some, you know, there are many. I mean, I remember I was watching the big debates on on YouTube. The big debate is a show that usually played on SBC2. Reddit Labi was uh, the, the first uh, host and the panel facilitator. Used to be Masachaba Ndrovu, and I remember there were uh, the the discussion was rape, and they had all sorts of religious leaders and cultural leaders and pe- members of the community and student activists, etc., etc., discussing and debating about the matter of rape. And I remember this pastor, and he seemed like a, such a respectable man, and he was saying that women. They should, but they, but women should also respect themselves. See, I mean, you know, because men are, because because men, uh, you know, we we can't help ourselves. Men cannot help themselves when they see your nice thighs and your bum when you're wearing a mini skirt or you're wearing your your uh, and you're wearing a tight dress and you're wearing whatever that exposes your. your they should watch themselves watch the way they dress because I mean men if a man looks at that then you know he's going to be aroused that's just the man the man's nature so again you find these men who also still believe that um, a woman should um, you know dress a certain way so in other words the owners the onus, the responsibility of making sure that rape does not take place or killing does not take place rests entirely in the hands of the woman. Not men. So it's not the men who kill and the, and the men who rape who are who should be addressed. It's the women. Because the women are the ones. The, the past, a pastor said that. And he was saying it with a smile on his face respectable guy who probably who probably means well you know because i mean i guess maybe it's unfair i don't know if it's unfair to vilify someone who is who's ignorant you know he's a well-spoken guy who genuinely believes that rape would not take place if women uh women um did not wear short skirts and tight dresses and I mean, I remember there was the prof, the vice chancellor of Rhodes, who who reacted to that statement, saying that that statement is an insult to men, actually, because what that means then is that men are, we cannot control ourselves, and we are, we are like animals, we are like lions, we are like dogs, because you know how dogs are, 
We throw KFC, jumps on the KFC, devours it like crazy. And in the middle of the KFC, you can throw something else on the side. The dog is going to leave the KFC and then get busy with that. Throw something else, another piece of meat. He's going to leave the KFC and the, the, the and is going to devour the, the, the other thing that you left. So th- that's what, you know, it's, a, it's an insult very, if you think about it. That men should say, men don't have any self-control. Whenever we see an, a nice bomb, then we have to touch it. I, I have to. If you don't want me to touch it, then hide it. Which is wrong. And ignorant. And and I agree completely with the professor, with the vice chancellor, that when he says that it's an insult to men, that where we uh, we cannot control ourselves, cannot control our instincts, um, because um, because I, we have to be honest. I mean, I was telling my friend that when I was telling my friend that. Um, yeah, I think uh, at some point in my t- tertiary years, I was staying in Cosmo City. So I would take uh, I would take a taxi from Cosmo City to Bri, and obviously it passes by um, Auckland Park and by Vitz, you know, to attend my classes. And I remember there was this high school girl who used to catch the taxi in the morning as well. Uh, probably 16 or something like that 16, 15, somewhere there and she had the most amazing thighs I'd ever seen light skinned and she had like she had amazing legs and they were sexy she had sexy legs very sexy and she, because you know how it is I mean, I don't know if it's like a Joburg thing but the skirts, this, they wear very short skirts. So she wore like very short skirts, which is scotch kind of uh, design. And and she had a blazer on as well. And the and the blazer, I mean, and the, the, the skirt was so short that it, it was almost covered by the blazer. And those, uh, yo, and I see those thighs every morning and think, oh my God. That is, you know, but I'm not, I can still control my, my, uh, my, my instinct. What I can see it, it looks amazing, but it doesn't mean that now I'm going to go and ask her for her name and go and and touch her and want to hug her and want to get to know. In fact, I'm not even going to stay. I'm just going to, but I mean, you know, I'm just going to, you know, glimpse every now and again. Because, I mean, it's nice. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, if, if you're a man, you know, men were very visual. And if it appeals to, if the bum is nice, and the bum is nice. Nothing I can do about it. You know? But that doesn't mean that now I have to, or I need to, or there's, no, that's not true. That's, that's that is an insult to 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 to, to men. So I'm way over time now. Uh, so we should do away that with that kind of thinking, very dangerous kind of thinking, shocking kind of thinking as well, because when we we have to think of solutions now. 
Um, and I suppose I mean, the solutions would be, the f- firstly, in my opinion, the first solution would be education. You know, education. Because an education doesn't mean that you have to enroll for a cause and whatever. It could, it's as simple as reading an article. Just reading an article a day about gender-based violence and, and trying to understand it understand where women are coming from and of course because i'm a man i can i'll never be able to to relate completely to what women go through you know there's nothing i I, because just i'm a man there's nothing i can do to i'll never relate completely but it's important for us to try and understand try and uh and educate ourselves you know Education, learn about gender-based violence, about rape culture. What is it? What does it mean? Learn about feminism. What is that? What does it actually mean? You know, because most of our understanding is face value. We we don't really understand something. We understand it from how we've perceived it, maybe on social media. Uh, and if Twitter is the only place you've ever heard about something, and you think you now know about it, then there's something wrong with you. You just Google, like, like the thing I was, I mean, uh, this article that I was reading yesterday, it was not, in fact, it was not an article, it was some sort of um, submission by an, a master's student who was just discussing um, uh, masculinity in South Africa. That's that's the document I read yesterday. Because I'm, I'm also trying to you know, I'm also, I'm a young man, you know, I'm 20, I'm turning 26 this year. I'm, I, I want to be, uh, I want to contribute positively in my community, in, in the country, in the world as a man. But, you know, my, my, my biggest uh, problem is I don't understand what it means to be a man. Which, which I guess would be another solution to this whole problem that we're facing. Masculinity, we're con- I'm confused, you know, to, to be honest. If you ask me, that, and that's part of the reason why I'm, 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 I'm afraid of Jay, having children. Because I don't know what I would, I, what I would teach my son. Like, if my son is asking me what what's a man and what's you know what's expected of a man what makes a good man i wouldn't be able to with with the knowledge i have right now i i, I don't think i'd be able to give my son a good answer to that question so i i think part of the solution okay number one education education men just need to educate themselves and i'm, I'm also trying i'm also always trying to read and to understand from women uh you know what they're going through etc etc and to just consciously to make an effort of just trying to understand it education also for for our kids for the boys you know mina i only learned about consent as an adult really i've only known this thing called consent for a couple of years, you know, a few years, 
I wasn't aware of the con- of the concept of consent. I mean, I knew that. I mean, it's wrong to force someone to to do anything. But as a man, as a boy, as a teenager, you know, another another thing that that is associated with masculinity is mischief, misbehaving. You know, being a rebel. There's something, you know, being the bad boy and being uh, and causing trouble. Especially as a teenager, uh, there's something you know. It's 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 like something that you, as a as a boy as a man, you just have to be. To 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 make you feel like a man in some twisted way. And part of that is, uh, you know, sometimes like you're gonna smack, you know, smack like some girls' bum and do you know, touch girls in playfully touch girls inappropriately uh, and say like you know inappropriate sexual remarks and you know and cause just that kind of trouble so you know I've also you know I've also done it before as well where where it was actually welcomed by some girls but by some it was offensive but then with I thought I ah, this one is just being stuck up and it's just being I don't know why they're being so difficult I mean it's not like I did I just you know I just I don't know I just brushed your palm or something like that so you know I've, I've also done that as well uh I mean, I didn't make my a name for myself for it, but it's just something you do, you know, every now and again, you know, just because because you felt you could get away with it. Well, I felt I could get away with it, uh, and because I felt um, that uh, you know, sometimes you, uh, I don't know, man, it's. No as I even struggle to explain it, but you know that the boys will be boys kind of thing, kind of belief. Uh, so I don't know about consent. Of course, I mean there the are certain things I wouldn't do. There are certain girls I wouldn't, I would never even think about doing it to. But consent was not something consciously preached to me, you know, as a boy. And I, I feel that maybe if it was when I was growing up then things probably would have turned out differently. There are certain things that I, I wouldn't have done, wouldn't have said, because I would understand that women or girls are not always uh, looking to be, you know, they want to be respected. You know what I'm saying? It's something that I only understand now. But I feel that there should be more effort in teaching boys about consent respect yes true but consent specifically because consent is uh, is very particular it's particular i mean it's it concerns girls bodies because another part of masculinity is the is ownership you know we feel if 
but especially if I have a girlfriend or if I have a wife, I feel like I own her, own her body. It's just mine. She has to give me sex whenever I feel like it because her body is my body and I don't understand, you, you know? That's part of, it's part of that ownership where, uh, and manifests as well during teenagehood and during like primary school as well where, you know, you're just gonna like touch a girl on a bum and just run away, you know, or something like that. Because consent was not taught. I don't remember ever being in a class and, um, you know, being told that I know, don't, don't uh, do this. You know, consent is A, B, C, and D. If a girl, if you want to, and I suppose as well, it comes with different levels of education. You know, as a, as a kid, you know, there are certain things that you probably should not be exposed to. But uh, I feel that there, there's definitely a need for consent to be. Uh, consent and every topic around that to be taught extensively from when boys are boys so that by the time they're men they know that it's it's in their minds that's number one education number two is accountability because uh you know as dudes um if if you are a guy and you are friends with someone who who is abusive to women or you're friends with someone who does not who clearly does not respect women's bodies and uh who feels entitled to their attention to their bodies who uh who assaults women who beats up his girlfriend who is a rapist then you need to call your friend out uh, and personally, I mean, I, if I found out that I have a friend who is an abuser, I would cut all ties with it. Because by 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 virtue of being that person's friend, I'm complicit. If our friendship just carries on, despite what he's doing to his woman. And I'm complicit in it. I'm 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 guilty by association. You know, silence by being silent, I'm 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 guilty. So I mean, if I had a friend, I mean, I would I'd cut I'd cut all ties with my friend. <sighs> if I found out that um, he he's uh, he's an abuser. So if you're listening to this. And you, um, and you'd like to be my friend. Just know I don't befriend abusers. So that's accountability. It's that, that, that's important, and accountability is important as as an abuser as well. You know, it's important to acknowledge that you. Are an abuser or have been an abuser, you have done something that uh, is wrong, and to apologize to and to apologize to a person that you uh, that you that you abused, you know. 
because that means you are owning it, you're acknowledging it, and you are taking accountability for it. And to to the women as well. Women also have to be accountable for women abuse at the hands of men because women can be complicit as well. They know themselves. I mean, there are many girls, there are many girls who come out. Okay, there are many women, young women who come out and say that, you know, they've been they were abused by their uncles, their cousins, or their grandpa. And the family knew. The family knew what was going on. That the, they have an evil uncle who who raped repeatedly. Usually it's repeatedly. Uh, their, their, their girl child from the time she was six uh, until she was 14 until she was whatever age they know and they sweep that under the carpet I don't know if, I don't know if it's for the dignity of the family or what really the reason is behind that being concealed but the aunties, the women, they know that uncle so-and-so is a rapist and he he used to rape our daughter here. And he still comes to family functions. But no one wants to address that. Which makes them complicit it makes them guilty by association. It makes them guilty by keeping by keeping quiet about it. So that's number two, accountability. Three, therapy. So for those of us who uh, who have gone, who've done number, who've educated ourselves, taken accountability, asked for, for forgiveness, who've, then therapy is important as well. You know, and uh, I I don't know anyone who's do I know I know I know a friend of mine who's going through therapy. Uh, I think when you know when the lockdown is over, I may um, I think I will book a session. See maybe see a counselor, see a therapist, as well, um, because you know we all go through some 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 kind of trauma. Uh, as as people, Jay. So sometimes the there are many there are traumas that lie in your subconscious that you you're unaware of that maybe you decided to bury for some reason, or you decided to just uh, to avoid it, you know. But it's still there, you know. For some men, you know, when I was reading that. Uh, when I was reading that submission yesterday, I found that some men, uh, some men, they are so abusive because that's what they saw when they were growing up. They saw their fathers being abusive to their to their moms, and um, and they emulate that that behavior when they become adults as well. Even if they themselves were not abused, but by virtue of just witnessing it, 
seeing their moms being abused uh, you know they later develop the same habits as well so which is which is kind of funny because I remember chatting with my friend as well the same friend as that I've been referring to all along because he was also telling me about how you know sometimes these abusive men it's because of their background and he pointed out something interesting that it's so funny that how a person can come from a certain can experience a certain trauma as a child be abused be molested and later grow up to become that person as well that abuser that uh, molester or they can grow up to become an activist against abuse against rape so it, usually it's one of two extremes you know that that the, that trauma uh, produces but you know most of us they, we need therapy man so i'm i'm go i'm going to go for therapy as well book you know maybe book an hour i don't know how much it is but I'll see. Uh, you know, maybe book an hour and just uh, let someone uh, uh, let someone into your to your mind and to and and you know allow them to to uh, do a checkup. You know, the same way that you go to a doctor for your dentist, for your teeth, or you go to your uh, doctor for a checkup you know your mind also needs checkup as well you know mental health is something that is you know especially in the black community that is something that's that's overlooked and that is uh, you know not not given the respect and the importance that it uh, that it deserves and um, yeah so that, that's what I'm gonna do man and I think that's that's what you know everyone ought to do, particularly people who who experienced you know those kind of traumas, particularly men who experience abuse as as kids, because it you know more often than not it comes back it, it comes back to haunt them. Number four of my Zwagele uh, Ntemkulu solutions that I propose, of course. Uh, these solutions are not the be-all and end-all and they are not extensive. They are just at the tip of the iceberg from, you know, from what I've read, um, from what I've deduced, from what I've read and just from my observation as well. The, 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 the last one that I could think of was the need to redefine masculinity. We have to redefine masculinity. Remember earlier where I was explaining uh, masculinity as it is right now. Violence. You have to, you know, the need for money, the need for sexual partners, the need for women to be subordinate, the need for, you know, approval, the pride, you know, uh, and all of those things that are associated with being a man 
we need to redefine them because clearly you know toxic masculinity seems to be prevailing and the thing about it is that I mean I believe that uh, you know I mentioned earlier that masculinity there are two schools of thought there are people the experts who think that masculinity is natural um you know it is natural and then there are some who think that no you we as boys arrive blank and everything that they they display every behavior they have every belief they end up having was filled in by the environment that they were exposed to me personally i think that uh you know it, it's it's a bit of both I definitely think that masculinity is natural. This is a part a part of it that is definitely natural, uh, because I mean, women and men aren't not the same. You know, physiologically we're not the same. You know, I just don't think that we. I mean. I don't know, man. Sports, you know, men just love sports. They just, you know, they're just those things that men just love, and I don't think that's. Uh, um, so I mean, it is socialized, but just if you think about football, Men just love football, and you know, women just don't really—they follow it, but they don't really care that much. Who wins? Who? What happens in the World Cup final? Life still goes on. They just need to watch the Queen. As long as they don't miss an episode of the Queen, then everything is fine. You know. So I'm face. I I definitely believe. I mean, that that, 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 that there's a big part of it is natural. Maybe not a big part of it, but some part of it is natural. Just look at the, and we can reference nature. You know, if you look at other species, if you look at a pride of lions, there's no there's no socialization. I mean, lions don't have the kind of consciousness to create a culture where the male lions dominate. Uh, you know, female lions. It's just the way it is. You know, it's just you know, it's just the way it is, man. Oftentimes, men violate. Yeah. Oftentimes, the, the 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 similarities between different groups of animals, sea animals, uh, uh, you know, if you look at the uh, at the jungle, males and females are just different naturally. Despite, I mean, and the difference supersedes the the, physiolo- the obvious physiological differences where men are physically superior, etc., etc., etc. So there is that as well. But I think that now, part of the solution for the this huge, huge problem that we're facing is redefining our masculinity, where you know, the, where hurting a woman should striking or killing abusing raping a woman forcing yourself on a woman should not form any part of masculinity you know 
you know, where you know men are able to express their emotions. You know, because if you're able to express your emotions, then you're unlikely to react in a, like animals, you know, the way we do. So I, I don't know exactly. What, like I said, I mean, I don't know what it means to be a man, but I, I, I truly believe that we need to redefine masculinity. If, if we have any hope of ch- of changing things, uh, we we need to redefine masculinity, and. And, and 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 come up with a, some sort of blueprint of what a man is expected to be in the societies that we live in. Yo, this is my new record. It's two hours. And uh, till next time.